Welcome to the Reimagining Worship Podcast. Reimagining worship is for those who dream of a new creative expression. I, alongside various friends and colleagues, will examine where worship music is now and have practical dialogue about where it can go. Before we start, I want to invite you to head over to Facebook and join our Reimagining Worship group where a community of people are having regular dialogue on how to develop a unified sound in a polarized culture. Thanks for tuning in. What's going on? Welcome to the Reimagining Worship uh, Facebook group slash podcast slash video slash whatever the case may be. Um, I'm your host, Trevor Chin. I have a good, good brother uh, on the call today, on the phone today, or on the video today, um, that uh, he has his own uh, series of expertise, and um, I want to let him introduce himself in a second, but uh, there there was a, uh, at the, on the first live that I did in this group, I talked about at the end about this never the same thing, and we got together and created a bunch of uh, of, we had time of worship and time of just chilling and hanging, all that kind of good stuff. And I met this good brother a year ago, um, and he actually set all of our sound up. But what happened was we started to get some real good conversation just about uh, worship in the church, about tech, about uh, state of production, lighting, sound, audio. And there is this major divide when it comes to churches. It t- I think it turns into, and, and, and I'm gonna let him introduce himself, but it turns into like, yo, just turn the not, just turn it up, turn it down. And like sound techs have been minimized to turning things up and to turning things down. And he is gonna kind of break down some of those walls for us, bro. Can you introduce yourself, good brother? Absolutely. Hey, everybody. My name is John. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about you and your buttons over there. Uh, name, name's John Spicer. I've been doing uh, audio in churches for about 35 years now. Yes, that means I'm old and I'm getting older every day, uh, but I celebrate that because it's better to do that than the alternative. Uh, anyway, so uh, as our, our lovely host here was indicating, I've been doing sound for a number of years in churches. Uh, I have a recording studio uh, that I built um, a number of years ago. That, that business uh, is just kind of a, a relaxing point for me um, when I'm not doing live stuff in the church. I freelance uh, write for Church Production Magazine, which is actually a great magazine. If you don't check it out for anybody in the production arts, you should. Uh, And also do a lot of teaching and speaking and stuff on the idea of technical arts in the church. And obviously with the focus on uh, on audio, because that's my number one passion. So uh, thanks for having me here, Trevor. I really appreciate it. This is is a privilege and a joy. Uh, But I remember when we talked a while back, man, well, like I said, it, it was a year ago. Um, you had some, some, some strong points to say, some interesting points to say about sound. Um, uh, uh, the one of the things that you were talking about was just how uh, that department is kind of ostracized, and there's this gap, there's this divide. Uh, yeah. The, the like they're under resourced, oftentimes undervalued. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, you get one of those. Uh, uh, $3 USB microphones and they want it to sound like um, Mariah Carey sound tech. You know what I mean? So if you can talk a little bit about that and we'll just have a little bit of dialogue about this, but I, 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 I for this group um, and you and I talked about this already, but like uh, this, this concept of developing your sound for your church. Yeah. Um, like what is the, I mean, so like what does the tech department have to do anything with any of this? 
Yeah. So actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take us back up back to fundamentals. Um, a lot of people will talk to me and say, "How do I get my sound to sound better? How do I get my team to um, not be jerks or not be so introverted?" And 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 uh, our sound a lot of times is just we're struggling with that and it's horrible. And a lot of churches approach this problem from a technical perspective. Um, my experience with most churches that I get invited to to come talk and look around is that the problems go back way before that. We we tend to have this view of we have our talent and we have our tech. Um, if you're like me, you believe that, hey, on a Sunday morning when we're leading a congregation in worship, our number one way of doing that is to model the worship. And if we're going to model the worship, we need to be in community amongst ourselves. And that community is not the six people on the stage. The community is the six people on the stage plus the technical community has, who has provided the the audio or the broadcast capability. And if we're not in community together, we can't work together. Um, <clears throat> one of the big jokes I like to kind of make fun of in this case is how many times we hear, you know, hey, you in the back, I need more in my monitor. Or hey, you in the front, can you not stand so f- close to the drums because they're getting bleed? And the, and the reality is it's not hey, you in the front or hey, you in the back. That's Tom. Tom has three kids. He's married to Susie. He's had a really bad day. And if we were in community, we would know that and we would see each other as individuals and cohorts in worship rather than someone who was responsible for serving us to give me what I need. We would have a relationship where we serve each other. Um, And ultimately, as all artists know, if you're a really talented artist, you serve the music. And one of the ways that you do that in a musical sense is you do that by serving the other instrumentalists and the other vocalists. And um, that's really where kind of where my heart is, is say, you know, if you if you look at the Paulian letters and how Paul wrote about the church and the body and how it works together and how we cover for each other. You know, one of the areas that we a lot of times have in worship that's the biggest area of segregation is the 50 feet from the front of the room to the back of the room. And if we really want to be good about how we lead worship, we have to fix that. Why on a Thursday night when we do um, circle time, prayer time? Why is that not everybody? Why is that on the stage? Why isn't that in the back of the room? Why isn't that in the center of the room? Um, And I think our first call is to be a church. Um, Like I said, Paul has a lot to say about what that looks like. And if we're not well teamed together, both from a technical and um, a musical and a vocal, uh, and even, you know, like um, dance teams, if we're not teamed well together as a communal family, how do we effectively demonstrate worship to those who were called to lead? Oh, I think we lost them. <laughs> bro, they didn't want to hear what you had to say, bro. Uh, a lot of churches. <laughs> Where's it? Here's Zoe. See, I'm still rolling, Doc. We keeping all this in there. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. Where did I? Where did I fall off? Um, about establishing community, about prayer, about time of, of, of yeah. Prayer. Now, 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 question like, who's? I don't want to be divisive here, but like, who whose responsibility would that be to kind of help establish some of that community? How how who who are you? Who would you ask to do that? Um, just for the people so, that might be in this group that have potentially neglected, you know, what I mean, the sound, right, or, right, whatever. So, so here's generally where if I'm if I'm working with a church or a group of people or just you know sitting around um, talking about it, here's generally how I approach that. I'm like, um, in my experience, the relationship between, uh, we'll say, the worship band and the vocalists, their relationship to the technical group is going to be a direct refle- reflection of the relationship modeled by the worship minister and the tech director. 
So whoever is the singular leader of of either group needs to sit down and have coffee and get to know and love each other. And that becomes a model for everybody else to pick up on. And generally that actually happens really, really well. Some of the best relationships I ever had in churches working with uh, the larger team was because I entered into a really great relationship with the time the worship pastor or the worship minister, uh, whatever it be, whatever type of organization it is. Um, and, and ultimately, really, the goal here is um, I, I really try to get people away from this concept of I have a I have a worship team or I have a band and I have tech. No, you have vocalists, instrumentalists, audio guys. Uh, production switcher guys, if, you, if your church is big enough for that, and lighting guys, they all together encompass the worship team. Yeah. Um, and, and something that actually blew my mind away is I have the privilege of working um, with a number of churches. There's a church um, that I work with pretty regularly. There's a pretty sizable group. And when we, we do this on Thursday nights prior to rehearsal, and uh, the thing that is mind-blowing is that it's actually two to one technical staff in that circle time versus people on the stage. And it's not to say one group is any more important than the other, but it is to say, hey, there's a lot of people on a Sunday morning that are required to lead a congregation in meaningful worship. We should be together as a body because a lot of times there's a lot of people that are sweating in the corners that nobody knows about. Um, And we should love them all. And, you know, everybody says, well, techs are introverts. Well, let me tell you what, every human was made in the image of God. God didn't make one human to require interaction and love and community and other humans not to. Now, they may manifest their personalities different, but I have yet to meet a tech who didn't actually need love or community or to be in a relationship. And generally, in my experience, the ones who seem to not want it are the ones who need it the most. That's good. That's good. I think, uh, but you talking, Doc. Uh, So the one piece is... I know for a lot of churches, they'll they'll make arguments like, man, we need someone to run sound. We need someone. We don't have anybody that is tech in the church. We don't do this. We don't we don't have this. We don't have that. And I think oftentimes it's because we have not cared for y'all. Churches have not cared for that department. Yeah. Um, Now, in terms of being under resourced, because I think that's I think that that's yet another way that we don't show care is have consistently i know it's i mean especially with COVID times and finances is funny and all that kind of stuff but uh we're talking about 10 years and we got the same six channel mix board uh analog mix board uh can you talk about kind of how how to kind of resource or use what you have or how to grow what if the 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 smaller church that um that is ready to invest in something and somebody you know what I mean? Can 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 you speak yeah. to them? So in that in that arena, the thing that I would say is you always invest in the human before you invest in the gear. Um, and and the reason the reason to come back to this, and, and this, you deserve that one, Doc. You deserve that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the biggest uh, challenges that churches have is churches are living like it's the 1970s, almost yeah. across the board. We really saw this with COVID. COVID hit, and suddenly a lot of churches realized that they've ignored technology and they are 20 years behind everybody else who's doing COVID services. Guess what? 
too late. You can't make up for 20 years of neglect and infrastructure in humans in 10 minutes. Um, so that was a really good wake up call. I think that a lot of churches need now on, on the human side, investing in people. Um, this goes back to this kind of concept that I have, um, that I talk about is a lot of churches view the technical arts as infrastructure. Like sound, I need, I need a guy to turn a microphone on so we can hear what's happening. Lights. We need people to turn lights on so we can see. But the reality is once you can hear and once you can see infrastructure stops and artistry starts. So what we end up doing a lot of times is we'll have churches that will get a volunteer and they'll put them in an audio or a lighting position. And I'm not knocking volunteers at all because I've been one my entire life um, in most situations. Talk that. But, but we put them we put them into um, we get these volunteers from position and then we complain because the sound sucks well what we did was we thought of this as an infrastructure position and we found a computer nerd or a really smart engineering guy who knows what the knobs do notionally but they have no concept of art and they haven't been taught concept of art so what we do is we put them in these positions and then we get mad mad at them or frustrated at them and we talk about them behind their back and we go back to the playbacks and oh, I can't hear my instrument. But the reality is we set them up for failure. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. How many people who have um, history of being vocalists are, or um, instrument instrumentalists, how many of them started that when they were a kid? A lot of them started it in school in either chorus or band, right? What schools teach audio and lighting technology? Really? None. Well, well, yeah. Show me how many high schools. And, and, and I know there actually are a couple, but percentage-wise. Yeah, sure. Uh, right? So I've been doing audio. I was blessed because I grew up in, an, in, a, in a church and a school that um, used to do massive Easter and Christmas productions. So I grew up in an environment that did this, but most people don't. Yeah. And then we put them in these positions. And then we, we get upset at them because we haven't picked people who are passionate about it or want to learn about it. We simply pick someone who was willing but not able. Tying it back into one of your yes, other sir. podcasts. Yes, sir. The first one, man. The first one. Just, just did that for you, baby. <laughs> uh, and here's, here's something else that people really don't understand. Um, so you're a phenomenal keyboardist, right? You play keyboard at home all the time, right? Uh, yeah. uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Mediocre. Yeah. I mean, okay, you're a mediocre keyboardist, but you have one at home, and you play yeah. at home, and you back, you, you support your wife and all of that stuff. Tell me, tell me, how many audio guys have a band and a PA in their house they can re- rehearse with during the That's week? Good. That's good. That's right? good. So, so if it's it's bad enough that many times we pick people who who are just trying to help, but yeah. don't have an artistic view because they haven't been given one and they haven't been. Um, they haven't been sponsored to build that excitement for it. Yeah. But then yeah. the only time they get to practice their craft is on Thursday nights or Sunday morning when they're in time crunch and everybody's mad at them. So the thing that I try to encourage churches to do is, man, you really have to think about this. We're in the 21st century. The technology is very important for us to, to get our messaging because every time you turn on the phone, I, I can go to Instagram and pull up any number of one-minute clips that sound phenomenal like my six-year-old doesn't, or my, excuse me, my 10-year-old doesn't know what the world is without the internet. But we have done a poor job of investing in our churches and realizing that if the church wants good technology for audio, video, whatever, we need to be investing into the kids that are in middle school and high school programs today so that they yes, can sir. be the next generation of the church in 10 years or five years from now. Bro, so that's that why was, I was... Dude, not to control, yo, but that was my argument even... Um, 
Uh, I had my friend Robin uh, Robin Williams on here. We were talking about like paying musicians and things like that, which is the actually the the, the video that you had commented on. Like we got to talk about this with, with sound too. But um, what that was the same thing I said about musicians. Like yo, especially, and I'm I can speak for the DMV and the Tri-State. For those two spaces, like yo, if you're a smaller church that don't have a thousand dollars a week, it's gonna be hard to find oh, a reliable no. band. You know what I mean? So why don't we? It's gonna be worse for audio. It's gonna be worse for audio. Dude, oh, 100%. I, I, have, I have friends in this space, and when COVID hit, all the big churches sucked up all the freelance engineers immediately. Dude, real talk, man, and like so, but that's but to your point, that's why I think that, uh, and I, I can speak from a church plant. As a as a church plant, you, you you we're talking about planting and starting an organization, but you have to talk mm-hmm. about developing people from day one. So like at yes. my last church, bro, there was a guy who was like, I always wanted to play bass, man. Let's figure out a twenty five dollar a week lesson and a seventy five dollar starter bass that you can play. And five years later, yo, he was rocking on Easter with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so like you're like everything isn't going to be built in oftentimes you have to do the work to invest like you said to invest in people uh but that's gold yeah, bro. And, and it's the exact same, like i would say it's the exact same thing um it, it's so funny you know i'll be in events where people say how many how many people out there play an instrument and i always raise my hand and i'll say what instrument do you play and i say the band and they just look at me like i have they're like what i'm like yeah, for every person that's on the stage, my job is to, as an instrument, put them together and play them to compose the audio palette, yeah. and it starts clicking. And it's like, if we don't, if we don't get to the point where, if we want good artistic um, production technologies to help really connect to worship, uh, we have we have to start building that if we want that. And it's. Uh, and that's why I go back to where we have to be really well teamed. Um, so, and when you, and the thing is, you know, when you get really, when you get really good teaming, you start speaking into each other's spaces, right? Where, um, you start having coordination between like your audio guy and, um, your keyboardist or your guitarist about patch or pad selection and what are the instruments doing relative to each other and how does that get painted sonically and, Hey, for this one, I need you to go down to the B string on the bass because you're kind of stepping on this thing over here. Can you go an octave lower? And um, man, that's that is like community there, and that is such a great space to try to strive into. But the thing is, you have to build it to get it there, and it has to be intentional. Man, that's that's so good. So, two questions as we kind of uh, I want to give some kind of practical, tangible places. There's two people that that, that I want to ask you to speak to. The first person, and we'll do one at a time. The first person is the worship leader that's doing everything by themselves, like on an iPad. So like they're running the slides, they're running the lighting, they're running the audio, um, mm-hmm. and they're trying to lead. What do you tell, like what's something that you tell them? Thank you. The second thing is, and, and, and that's just kind of my acknowledgement to building in and acknowledging the, the effort that they're putting into that. Um, I think my first, my, my first concern in something like that would be just making sure that person is able to breathe and and make sure that whatever they're able to accomplish is acceptable, right? This goes kind of back to, um, geez, we got to get churches to stop trying to be elevation when they're a 50 person church. Like you do, you boo. You, what? <laughs> Talk to, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, elevation, and, and, does, elevation, great. Cause that's who they are. Oh, absolutely. Be absolutely. You. Be you, whether it's whether it's the way you play your music, whether it's the way you um, uh, 
whether it's the way you compose your music, whatever, whatever your tech stack is, do the best that you can and know that God loves you for it. Yeah. He, he's not going to yeah. go up there and say, well, Elevation dictated this new technology and you did not. He's going to do that. Look, hey, I was in a situation once where I was literally putting a mix together and the producer pulled out her iPhone and played the song off the album and was comparing it to my mix live. <laughs> and, and it it's it's not that i'm trying to pick on this person but it's kind of pointing to this mentality that this this false mentality we have that we have to emulate what other people are doing no we have to exercise the gifts we're given in a yeah, way that we yeah. think of creatively because that's our gift yes sir so, yes, sir. so this person my, my my first thought would be hey hang in there you're doing a great job don't try to be something you're not and then i might say why don't we look at some of the things that you absolutely hate to do and can we find someone and set forth a goal that maybe you're not doing this in three months or six months so that you're not killing yourself trying to get off of it but you're putting a game plan together so you're investing in not only other people but you're alleviating some of your uh, stress in the meantime because the reality is we need our leaders looking up and we need them to look at that strategic stuff too so um, if they're always caught down in the tactical especially with production it's very hard to get up and get out and grow the group yeah that's good um the the second thing there is a pastor slash and a church that have the resources but don't find the necessity of that department so it's like mm -hmm. not budgeted like it's there is you know what i mean got a couple people they have the resources to be able to do it but it's not in the budget what do you tell them and what do you tell the young church plant that don't have the resources, finances, or people? So if you could, t if you could talk to, I know those are two totally different people. The one you already kind of touched on, but if you, I just want to kind of. So a the one, so yeah, I know this is great. Actually, this is an this is an area that um, I see a lot, and I get really excited to talk about it. Um, with respect to how much, how good the production is, with respect to how much gear you have, with respect to how much money you could be investing. There is no wrong answer except not having alignment, missional alignment between your senior leadership and your creative arts group. That's the that's the space that's bad. One of the worst things that can happen from a, I would say from a technical production creative uh, arts group is that they their vision being so much higher and more forward in a direction than senior leaderships is because what that does is create tension and strife, right? And and a danger here is, uh, I've seen this before, I've had it happen to myself, where artists will surrender their artistic vision to the leadership of the church, and when they're mismatched, wow. that creates wow. strife. Um, so I, really, I would say it always comes back to, almost regardless of which situation is, is you have to know that you are implementing and you have you understand what the value of those creative arts are with respect to the leadership of the church and if you're aligned and you're not getting what you need from a resourcing perspective then you need to have a conversation about that but the good thing is if you're aligned the conversation is based on a common goal um and, and there's there's a lot of times you know let's be honest a lot of churches are run um by people who are not in the arts so they don't understand why should i pay for the 500 dollars sound or why should i pay for the the fifty thousand dollars soundboard when the ten thousand sound dollar soundboard will allow me to uh as a as a consumer in the congregation i won't know the difference yeah, 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 well yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's that's a valid point, but it's upon us to help them understand what the arts are and what the pros and the cons are. But ultimately, being equally yoked in this area is a fundamental issue that should always be addressed when possible. Um, yeah, yeah as far yeah, as the other, the other side where let's say you've got a lot of vision but you got no money um stop looking at all the magazines and the trade shows because all you're really gonna do is frustrate yourself don't get that guitar um, center don't don't get that sweetwater magazine don't skim like why, why are you checking the nam announcements every january <laughs> yeah and, and, Let's be honest. Like I'm just going to talk to all my audio nerds who may be listening. Let's talk Please about do. an X30. Let's talk about an X32. I played on hundred thousand dollar desks, and you know what? I don't have a bad thing to say about an X32 because its capability is something you couldn't have bought in the analog world fifteen years ago for fifty thousand dollars. Wow! So where the technology is today is phenomenal, and I re- honestly. I rarely meet a church where the tech, where the capability of the talent and the people outstrips what the technology absolutely has, absolutely can support. Uh, outside of very new church plants, we have a huge group of talented people that, that launched a church, but generally they find their way in not too distant of a future. Um, but yeah, there's, a, there's us text, right? We always get that. I want the, the greatest, latest thing out there. Uh, when we're only using two thirds of what God gave us today, yeah. uh, that's not uncommon, yeah. and that's that's human nature. Um, but uh, it does get situation specific uh, at some point. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun and try that. Man, John, I, man, I I gotta cap it, man. I gotta cap it, dude. Is this is gold? I I so appreciate you. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna ask you just i'm gonna go ahead and ask you publicly my computer's starting to glitch a little bit too uh, i'm gonna go ahead and ask you publicly man we got to get you to have uh when the cohort kicks off man if you wouldn't mind popping in for one of those just kind of uh, for 15 20 minutes to uh absolutely to talk to the cohort man and, i'm happy uh, anybody out there say it one more time uh i said i'm happy to talk to the cohort or anybody out there um, and you can contact me if you want. Uh, it's brokensoulaudio.com. 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 I'll make sure I have all your stuff. The magazine that you um, that, uh, that, that you write for and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Facebook is uh, going to be at Broken Soul Audio. Um, and then I don't have a YouTube page currently. Uh, most of my clients are the ones that push stuff out to YouTube. 